are entering a realm between the hidden and forgotten. A slipstream caught between realities. A secret museum of the esoteric. The private library of shadows. All taking place in a world forced from mystery and caught between logic and myth. You are entering a reality. Welcome to the mysterious world of para-reality, a realm where the blurred lines between what's real and unreal merge together, forming an alternate reality where truth and fiction become indistinguishable. I'm Sandman, and I'm your host. Okay, so admittedly, I may be a little late to the game here, but since I only record an episode twice a month, this was the absolute soonest time that I could get to this topic. In the aftermath of the devastating wildfires in Maui, misinformation and conspiracy theories have spread, well, like wildfire online. And this really underscores the shortcomings of social media platforms enforcement policies following disasters like this. Conspiracy theories, including that the fire was started intentionally by a secret energy weapon, and that a shadowy cabal of global elites set the fires purposefully to clear the land for their own nefarious uses have gained a lot of popularity since August the 8th when the fire started. Now, the trend draws on existing far-right tropes that global-minded organizations like the United Nations and the World Economic Forum are plotting to forcefully move people into quote-unquote smart cities where their freedoms will be severely, I can't even say the word, will be severely curtailed by advanced technologies. Social media users have blamed figures like Elon Musk and Oprah Winfrey for starting the fire. In some cases, platforms inadvertently prioritize content like this. A study conducted by the TTP and anti-hate group the Anti-Defamation League found that this search function on Facebook and Instagram will auto-complete certain terms with conspiracy theories with the phrase World Economic Forum returning results for, uh, instead of World Economic Forum, it will return results for World Evil Forum. And stuff like that includes conspiracy theories. Now, this is a clear example of how even in something as simple as search results, the platforms are weighing conspiracy content over more legitimate content on the websites. So what's real and what's nothing more than fringe conspiracy theorists trying to get their 15 minutes of fame in? And how can you tell the two apart? Well, that's what I'll be talking about tonight. And hopefully by the end of this episode, you'll have a better idea of what's real and what isn't. And as always, to learn more, you'll have to turn on, tune in, and find out. Now, normally, this point in time, I would read some uh, mail from listeners. However, I am going to step aside and not do that right now. Instead, I want to make an announcement. I am very proud to announce that Parareality is now an official sponsor of Anomicon, which is a free virtual conference that will take place on September the 1st and 2nd on YouTube. 
There's over three dozen speakers from around the world who will be brought together in a virtual space to present their research, insights, and have discussions on all things anomalous, from UFOs and the paranormal to cryptozoological and the supernatural. The world continues to prove it's a mysterious place, and Anomicon attempts to get to the heart of those mysteries one virtual discussion at a time. So join us September the 1st and September the 2nd for Anomicon, a free virtual event on the Anomalous. Unfortunately, I'm not going to be presenting at the event this year on this inaugural event. However, I am very, very proud to have been asked to be a sponsor for the event. Thank you to uh, Ryan Sprague, who's putting this event on. He is the host of the podcast Somewhere in the Skies. And if you haven't checked Somewhere in the Skies podcast out, you really need to. And I want to send another thank you out there to him, Ryan Sprague, and uh, Somewhere in the Skies for allowing Parareality to be a part of this first inaugural event. All right. So now that we've talked a little bit about that, I'm really excited about that, by the way. It is um, a big honor to be chosen It'd be an even bigger honor, of course, to be a speaker maybe next year, but uh, it's it's a great honor for me to be chosen to be a uh, sponsor of Anomicon. Make sure you check it out, uh, anomicon.com, or uh, just uh, check out Ryan Sprague or Somewhere in the Skies and all his social media accounts. Aero Reality is a proud member of the Straight Up Strange podcast network. To learn more, about all the awesome podcasts that are members of the Straight Up Strange family, go to straightupstrange.com and get strange. Broadcast from a secret bunker somewhere outside of Nashville, Tennessee, this is the award-winning podcast, Reality. All right, let's talk about some Maui fires. The Maui wildfires, which have killed over 100 people, are the deadliest in the United States since the 2018 campfire in California. Officials say they haven't started investigating the immediate cause of the fires as of the time that I'm recording this podcast. However, that is subject to change uh, in real time. Uh, But they've been, they're saying that the, uh, the fires have been fanned by strong winds from a passing hurricane and fueled by a dry summer, which really makes a lot of sense because it is very hot. It is very dry out there. And uh, thanks to climate change, we're having a a, a very different hurricane season with more powerful hurricanes, more frequent hurricanes, and hurricanes in locations where hurricanes don't normally appear in. So it's uh, it's really um, not a surprise that hurricanes had or a hurricane had a hand in what was going on here. Like I said, fueled by a dry summer and strong winds from Hurricane Dora as it passed south of the Hawaiian uh, Islands, at least three wildfires erupted on Maui on August the 8th, and they raced through parched brush covering this beautiful island paradise. The most serious one swept into Lahaina on Tuesday the 8th of August, and it left a grid of gray rubble wedged between the blue ocean and the lush green slopes. Skeletal remains of buildings bowed under roofs that 
just pancaked in in the blaze. Palm trees were torched, boats in the harbor were scorched, and the stench of just burning materials and trees and buildings and everything just lingered in the air. The wildfire is already projected to be the second costliest disaster in Hawaii history behind only Hurricane uh, Inki in 1992, according to calculations by Karen Clark and Company, which is a prominent disaster and risk modeling company. The wildfire is the deadliest in the United States since the 2018 campfire in California, which killed at least 85 people and laid waste to the town of Paradise. Lahaina's wildfire risk, well, it's, it's well known. It's no secret. Maui County's hazard mitigation plan, which was last updated in 2020, so not too long ago, it identified Lahaina and other West Maui communities as having frequent wildfires and a large number of buildings at risk of wildfire damage. The report also noted that West Maui had the island's second highest rate of households without a vehicle and the highest rate of non-English-speaking residents. The plan said this may limit the population's ability to receive, understand, and take explicit action during hazard events. Now, this was written into the plan. Maui's firefighting efforts may also have been hampered by a small staff on the fire department. Uh, Robbie Lee, the president of the Hawaii Firefighters Association, said that there are a maximum of 65 firefighters working at any given time in the county, and they're responsible for three islands, not just one, three islands, Maui, Molokai, and Lanai. And those crews have about 13 fire engines and two ladder trucks, but the department does not have any off-road vehicles, and that means crews can attack brush fires, thoroughly at least, before they reach roads or populated areas. Now, that's something that you're not hearing about on all of these TikToks and Instagram and, and X posts and Facebook stuff. You're not hearing about what was in the uh, emergency management plan that was updated just three years ago. You're not hearing that it's a small fire department with a small staff and how much they're responsible for covering and what equipment they don't have, which goes a long way into understanding why this fire was out of control. So let's look at the claims here. So, of course, you can imagine that Almost as soon as the fire was finished devastating Lahaina, conspiracy theorists began to pop up online and give their two cents as to what really caused the fire. After all, a devastating fire like this could in no way possibly be caused by anything or anyone else other than the U.S. government or some other clandestine agency nefariously attempting to destroy the citizens and the property for some sort of personal gain or means of establishing some form of control, right? As there's no way anything other than that could be true. But let's wait a minute here. Are those claims really true? Could the United States government really be so evil that it would want to kill its own citizens for no other reason than to, quote, unquote, gain control over them? Is there really some secret organization out there like the Illuminati or the New World Order or the World Economic Forum that possesses 
the capability of causing such devastation? And for what reason would they want to kill people and destroy property? You know, population control, an attempt to destabilize the global economy, uh, an excuse to build these the smart cities. What, what reason? What's the reason behind that? I haven't seen anybody on social media of, of the stuff that I have seen and read who posits a explanation for why they're doing it. They're just saying it was done by this organization or that organization, but they don't say why. And finally, does a weapon as powerful as the one claimed to be used to call this, causes all this devastation really even exist in the first place? So in an attempt to answer all of these questions, we need to take a look at the three prevailing claims, and that's exactly what we're going to do right now. So if you search Twitter for information about the fires in Hawaii that killed at least 100 people or over 100 people, you're likely to find some wild conspiracy theories. In fact, a number of different verified accounts on Twitter, or I guess just now it's officially known as X, whatever it is this week, right? Uh, a, a number of official accounts on X insist space lasers are defensive energy weapons created the fires in Maui. Now, this is a ridiculous conspiracy theory that the first time it gained widespread attention um, was after... Uh, Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene of Georgia floated the idea around on Facebook in 2018. So claim number one is that this was a directed energy beam type weapon. So you can look on X and you can look on Instagram, and I'm sure it's on Facebook as well. Uh, there are two popular images of beams of light reaching up to the sky, and the claims are that this is proof that the recent wildfires on Maui were started by a defensive energy weapon. Now, this is absolutely false. No truth to it whatsoever. Both images are completely unrelated to the fires on Maui. Once again, let me say this. These two popular images I'm about to describe here are completely unrelated to the fires on Maui. One photo shows the launch of a SpaceX rocket. As a matter of fact, to be specific, it shows the launch of SpaceX Falcon 9 from a California military base in May of 2018. And the other shows a flare from a controlled burn at an oil refinery in Ohio also in 2018. As images and videos showing the wreckage caused by the deadly wildfires appear on just about every social media platform in existence, some conspiracy theorists are sharing these two photos in an effort to spread baseless conspiracy theories that the cause of this fire was nefarious. In one of the images, a long beam of light can be seen extending from the ground up into a bright blue sky. And a Facebook post that shared this image says, and I quote, this photo is circulating social media. Apparently, this beam was captured before the Hawaii fires. Can anyone confirm? And actually, the image, 
as I said, has nothing to do with the Maui fires. It was taken during the May 22nd, 2018 launch of SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket in California at, at what was then called Vandenberg Air Force Base. The photo was originally posted on the Instagram account of SpaceX, and you can go back and look at it. And conspiracy theorists are also sharing a picture of what appears to be a fireball on the horizon with a beam of light coming out of it. In one Instagram video post, a man claims that the image, quote-unquote, shows a laser beam coming out of the sky directly targeting the city. And then he goes on to falsely claim that the Maui wildfires are linked to a long-running conspiracy theory about weaponized government weather modification programs. And there's also a post on X or Twitter or whatever it's called that presents the same image. The post goes on to say, End time. The fire damage in Hawaii leaves open the question of whether the fire was caused by a deliberate nature. In other words, was the cause an energy weapon? And this picture isn't related to the Maui wildfires either. Instead, it shows a flare that resulted from a controlled burn at a Canton, Ohio oil refinery on January the 16th of 2018. And that picture can actually be traced all the way back to January 16, 2018 to a Facebook comment that was made that day to a post by a local newspaper, the Canton Repository. The post by the newspaper requested that residents share the image of the fire at the Marathon Petroleum Refinery. And there is a man named Travis Seacrest who responded with this image that people are saying is a directed energy beam weapon that was used to start the Maui fires. In fact, the Associated Press, a respected media organization, spoke to Mr. Seacrest, who confirmed that he was the one who took the photo in January 2018 from Bomb Road in Canton Township. And furthermore, he went on to say that the reality wasn't as dramatic as the picture. As a matter of fact, this is what Seacrest said about his picture, and I quote, I was standing at my parents' house. All you could see was essentially the light column, and you couldn't see the source from their house. And that's what he said. Now, this man grew up in that area. He said that he initially thought that the flare was from a fire, but after he drove to a better vantage point, he could see that the flare was coming from the refinery. And he also told the Associated Press that it's unfortunate that his image is, and I quote again, being manipulated in a serious situation. So here we have actual proof from the photographers of one of the pictures that it's a deliberate misrepresentation. The other pic can be debunked by visiting SpaceX's Instagram account and seeing it for yourself there. Now there's another video posted by a verified account called the Red Pill Drifter that insists that directed energy weapons, possibly from China, have been deployed in Hawaii. Red Pill Drifter posted this, quote-unquote, possible directed energy weapons used in Hawaii fires. Sightings of beams of light slash lasers are being reported. And he also posted a video to go along with his statement. While the video initially tries to suggest that the Chinese government may have something to do with these supposed space lasers, it quickly shifts and becomes about President Joe Biden's administration. As a matter of fact, Red, 
Red Pill Drifter says, quote, Our government are absolute monsters. A claims that defensive energy weapons, or DEWs, have been deployed to purposely begin the fires can be traced back at least six years. In 2017, there is a flat-earth YouTuber known as ODD Reality claimed that DEWs were used to start the uh, devastating fires that raged across California in that October. And a year later, conspiracy theorists blamed Northern California's campfire as well as the Woolsey Fire and the Hill Fire on direct energy weapons. In 2021, the same claim was made by Canadian conspiracy theorists who traveled to uh, Lytton, British Columbia, to witness the aftermath of a wildfire that destroyed 90% of the village and killed two residents. Now, directed energy weapons or laser weapons are not an invention of conspiracy theorists, okay? They're real. For decades, the United States government has been attempting to get them to work on the battlefield where they could be used to combat drone and missile attacks. So they do exist. It's not something that's concocted out of the mind of some cockamamie conspiracy theorists. According to the Government Accountability Office's Contracting and National Security Acquisitions Team, the Department of Defense spends about $1 billion annually on directed energy concentrated electromagnetic energy weapons or defensive energy weapons. This includes high-energy lasers and uh, high-powered microwaves. However, getting the technology out of the lab and onto the battlefield has proven really difficult for the DOD, which has yet to actually deploy a system like this in a real-world scenario. And in addition, modern lasers with power that's high enough to start any kind of fire, like what we see in these claims of all these conspiracy theories, well, they operate in the infrared spectrum and cannot be seen by the naked eye. So you can't take a picture with your cell phone and see a direct a defensive energy weapon because it's in the ultraviolet, or excuse me, in the infrared spectrum. You have to have a special camera. And none of these people were using special cameras. So that right there blows that out of the water. If you know anything about infrared, you know that a perfect example, all these ghost hunting TV shows that are uh, on, on the air 24-7, it seems like, they're all using, they start out using like night vision cameras where everything was like, had a green hue to it, and sometimes it, it, the night vision turned things black and white because as things advanced more. And now they're using uh, infrared and ultraviolet spectrum cameras and stuff, but you can't see infrared with the naked eye, and you're not going to capture infrared with just a regular camera, especially not your cell phone. You're going to have to have a, a piece of equipment that was specifically designed to capture that, and that's not what we're seeing. You know, we're not seeing pictures that were taken with specialized equipment. So uh, you're not going to see a defensive energy weapon laser beam shoot down out of the sky because it's going to be an infrared, and you're not going to see it. It's amazing to me also that conservatives are taking this tragedy and trying to turn it into some, some sort of political weapon. In the meantime, there are thousands of homeless people and hundreds of dead, and Republicans 
control the House and the Senate, but somehow the president, who's a Democrat, has control of a secret weapon that he's used on the poor, unsuspecting people of Maui because he's just, well, he's a Democrat, and Democrats are plain old evil, right? So how much sense does that actually make? It's just so tragic that you see this, well, tragedy being politicized by conservatives and you see it being misconstrued by conspiracy theorists who are seeking their 15 minutes of fame. And I think that it's just, you got to look at, at my criteria that I use for determining whether there may be any teeth to a conspiracy theory is I ask myself two questions. Is it possible and is it plausible? Well, is the use of a defensive energy weapon to shoot a laser beam from space possible? Well, yes, it is within the realm of possibility because we know that they're studying it. They just haven't been able to get it into the field yet. So, Does it lie within the realm of possibility? Yes. However, is it probable that they had somebody, and I say they for lack of a better term, that they, whoever they are, have used this weapon to start this fire in Maui for whatever reason? And that's what is probably not. If you can say that there's a good possibility and there's a good probability behind it, then you have yourself what could be the makings of a good conspiracy theory. So, needless to say, there's no evidence that China or the Biden administration are using defensive energy weapons against the United States. To be clear, there's absolutely no evidence that space lasers or defensive energy weapons are to blame for the fires in Maui at all. But that hasn't stopped so many so-called verified accounts on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, excuse me, X, should I say, Instagram and Facebook, from insisting that old photos are actually depicting lasers being shot from space down into the ground on Hawaii. Now, let me play you. I'm going to see if I can pull something up here. Let me play you this clip. So this is from... Oh, who is this? Who is this user here? This is from a TikTok user. I can't read what it says. Who supposedly claims that she has been trapped in Maui, and she's indoors. She's wearing a sweater with a hoodie pulled up uh, because you know Maui's so cold, and uh, she's making this claim about something nefarious going on. But what I um, cast doubt on is the fact that uh, number one, she's wearing a hoodie in Maui in the summertime. And number two, she's standing in front of a window when the blinds are closed, and she never opens the window to show us what the devastation is that she's seeing or what she's going through. She's obviously safe. Uh, She could open the blind in a window or open a door. So I highly suspect that this has anything real to it. I have been trapped in Lahaina for the last four days. And I experienced firsthand what was going on there. What I went through is not important. 
I need to get this message out. This was not a natural disaster. This was a direct energy attack on the people and the place of Maui. If you know what lives there, what descendants live there, you know why. And you know why it happened on 8-8. And if this is not something that you believe, it's time to stop being a sheep. So this was from user on TikTok at Staglia, S-T-A-L-G-I-A, I believe is what, it, what her username is. So like I said, she's got a, a hoodie on, sweater type, standing in front of a window, won't open the window, won't open a door, won't tell us exactly where she is in Maui, but she's saying, oh, I've been trapped here. So it it, it looks like... Um, very suspect to me. And the 8-8 eight, eight is uh, date, as she's saying, is the Lion's Gate. Um, so I'm not really sure what the Lion's Gate is, and I, I really don't have any interest in looking into what the Lion's Gate is, uh, to be honest with you. And that's probably a mistake on my part. I don't know. Um, but um, she's just saying that uh, things there are just caused by nefarious, nefarious entities and that it couldn't have been couldn't have been real. Um, so here's another. Let me pull this up here if I can find it. Just got to scroll through all of my crap to try to find this clip that I wanted to play for you. Getting close to it here. Let's see. Here we go. All right. So here is uh, another clip on social media uh, claiming that the uh, wildfires were um, not natural. And watch this video and tell me that this is a natural disaster, a natural wildfire that happened in Maui, then you are a massive part of the problem. You are the reason why tyranny exists in this world. I'm going to pause this video. Check this out. Here we have houses incinerated into the ground right next to houses that are incinerated untouched. Let's analyze this house right here. So we got this house right next to it incinerated. This house incinerated. These houses incinerated. And this one is unfazed. So many questions indeed. Let's, uh, let's keep rolling this film here. Look at all of these houses just absolutely incinerated to the ground. Oh, forgot one. Wow. What's also mind blowing to me, my dad used to be a firefighter, you know, his whole life. And I've seen many houses that have been burnt in the ground. They do not look like this guys. They don't look like this. Typically they look like this, or if it is burnt all the way to the ground, you'll see a lot of black, but you don't see houses that are incinerated, gone, disappeared. Let's look at this house and this house right here. Everything around it is incinerated into the ground guys. Like, come on. All right, let's roll the rest of this clip here, guys. And I do want to say my heart goes out to everyone in Maui, everyone in Hawaii, everyone that lost family members. The locals are saying that they lost way more than the media is portraying. This was a direct attack from the elites, from the government, a DEW attack, a directed energy weapon attack. You guys need to research this stuff. You need to share this information. You need to spread this truth. We are going to rise up. We are going to take back our power. I promise you. Peace and love. So I did not edit any of that. It was uh, the skipping around was the way that he edited the video. And the user that posted this on Instagram is Sheldon Thompson 369. And first of all, I have to say, I don't know where he obtained the aerial footage of the uh, devastation that he was showing, but it was some good quality 
footage that he had of the devastation that was going on in Maui. So, so kudos to him for being able to obtain uh, those that footage. Uh, it was it wasn't just pictures. It was a lot of it was video footage. Uh, very good quality stuff. So what I will say, shame on him for, is being the son of a firefighter and then trying to compare a house fire to a, a, a house that was burned down by a wildfire. So I'm not a firefighter either, but I know firefighters. I've worked. My background is in emergency medical services, so I worked around firefighters my entire career. And after talking to them, I will tell you that a fire a house that is burned down from the inside, a house fire, is different than a house that is burned down by a wildfire. So this guy is showing a still picture of a house that was burned from the inside out by a wildfire. And there's part of the structure standing, and what is still there is blackened timber. A house, which which is typical, that you will see. And when the house does burn down, you will see a lot of black ashes. So what he's showing us about the devastation on Maui are houses that were burned down by a wildfire that was um, from the outside in and not from the inside out. And the fire that was burning was so hot. If you saw video images and you saw the flames and they looked like that orange red flame that was almost going to white hot that is really 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 hot and those the fire the wall of fire was very very tall and it just went right through and incinerated these houses and turned them to ash so you're not going to have a house that looks the same when it was burned down by a fire that started from the inside going out and that was not as hot as the fire from the wildfires, which was the flame wall was extremely high. The temperature, the, the degree of the fire was so much more intense, and it was running. The fire was literally running, and it just burned it from the outside in. So shame on him for having a, a supposedly for having a father who was a firefighter and not really learning anything from it. But then again, if you want to skew the info then all you have to do is just say, oh, my dad was a firefighter, or, or I know about fires, or whatever, and this is a picture of a house that, that burned down, and look how different it is. Well, you're not going to have the same kind of burned down ashes as you would in a normal house fire. So shame on you, Sheldon Thompson, 369, for not being any better at selling your, your wares. So... Finally, I'm going to play you this last clip here, and this kind of gets into the reality of the situation, uh, one possible explanation for why the fires could have been so devastating right here. A dry, fire-prone region. Historically, it was lush. You know what? I'm going to start this over because I did not unmute it uh, fast enough, so hang on a second. Let me, let me start this sucker over. It wasn't always a dry, fire-prone region. Lahaina was always a dry region. Lush. It was a wetland. It was the home of some of the world's earliest aquaculture systems, called it Lokoia. But at the dawn of the 20th century, sugar barons illicitly diverted water to irrigate the lands that they had taken. 
so now descendants of those barons amass vast profits from controlling our irrigation, our land use, our political influence. Uh, the largest corporation and biggest political donor and landowner is called Alexander and Baldwin. Those are two of the original political big five families. They're still around today. Uh, so, you know, if they didn't divert that water, if they didn't introduce invasive dry grass, um, Lahaina would have would have never burned. Um, is that so? We have people who came in and diverted the natural flow of the water. They induced they they introduced invasive grass, and you combine that with the drought that they're having, and this invasive grass is not native to the to the islands and it's very dry and a, you get a, the right conditions to start a fire and there you go so i'm not saying that that was the reason why everything happened i'm saying that that it was a definitely a contributor to what happened with the fires so those are all the claims about defensive energy weapons so let's look at claim number two which is the World Economic Forum, the WEF, wants to make Lahaina a 15-minute city. So for those of you who don't know what a 15-minute city is, you're going to find out here in just a minute. For the Maui wildfires, the conspiracy theorists have added this new twist to their claims, asserting baselessly once again that the fires were purposely started to fulfill the WEF's goal of creating a smart island on Maui, or a 15-minute city in Lahaina, depending on which conspiracy theorist you listen to. Some social media users pointed to a conference that took place in Maui uh, in January where scientists discussed the idea of 15-minute cities. Now, what are 15-minute cities? It's an urban planning concept where all amenities would be available within a 15-minute walk or bike ride. While the idea of 15-minute cities have been around for decades now. In recent years, conspiracy theorists have found out about this and they've latched on to these claims, claiming that it's a method to allow governments to control their populations. However, none of the research papers presented at the Hawaii International Conference on System Sciences, which has been held on the island since 1968, by the way, so it's not new, none of those papers discussed turning Maui into a smart island or Lahaina into a 15-minute city. Now, uh, if you want to know more about what a 15-minute city is, there is this documentary. It's only about an hour. It may be a little bit over. It's called The Line, and it is about um, the whole concept behind creating a linear city in the Middle East out on the desert that has mirrors on the outside of it that reflect or gather sunlight or reflect sunlight or whatever, but it kind of makes it invisible almost. Uh, and everything in the city is control is is like almost automated, and you can get where you need to go without having to worry about transportation. You don't ever have to leave the city for anything, and you can get wherever it is that you need to go within 15 minutes or less. It's a very interesting um little short documentary and um, I could totally see in the next 100 or 200 years um, major metropolitan cities being turned into something like that and it's simply because we're just running out of space we're destroying our planet and we're overpopulating it so 
this is one solution that people have had to try to uh, help sustain life. Uh, I don't know how feasible it is. It's not something that's going to happen right away. Like I said, if it does happen, I think it'd be, you know, 100 or 200 years in the future. Um, but I don't know if it's something that could that could really take place. You know, uh, maybe if we colonize Mars and we terraform it, maybe that's how we could build our cities on Mars. I, I'm not seeing how we can incorporate that here uh, into what we already have on this planet. But it's still an interesting concept nonetheless. But there's no teeth to it. So... The final claim, number three, is that Oprah Winfrey had a hand in the fires. Now, this is where it gets really interesting to me. Oprah Winfrey's massive property in Maui has triggered online speculations about whether or not it was impacted due to the wildfires on the island. Now, over the years, Oprah's purchased a few thousand acres of land and has even been a part-time resident of Maui. And among multiple properties on the island, some notable ones include 200 acres of farmland on the uh, Haleakala side, a a dormant volcano that's 4,000 feet high. Why you want a dormant volcano, I don't know. Didn't even know you could buy a volcano, but if you got enough money, anything's for sale. And she also has a private ranch. And then there are the 870 acres of agricultural land that spread across uh, that spread across Kula, which is a part of the upcountry, and that's uh, to the western facing slopes of Haleakala, all the way to Makawao and uh, Kaino. And as per Maui, now she bought the last one for a whopping 6.6 million dollars in February of this year, which added to her existing properties in Kula and Hana. And additionally, two other properties, one that's 520 acres and another that's 300 acres, were also purchased by Oprah Winfrey's Los Angeles-based real estate company, Harpo Incorporated. Earlier this year, as a matter of fact, uh, it was uh, for $3.89 million and $2.47 million, respectively. And at the end of 2022, she also bought two 10-acres uh, tracts of land for $100,000 each. So this bitch has a lot of property on Maui. Safe to say she owns a large portion of that island, and I don't know why. But now that the island's been basically turned to ash, Winfrey's properties and their current status are being debated online, with many coming up with their own conspiracy theories. Now, some believe that Oprah was involved in causing and spreading the fire, saying that it was from uh, a bomb dropping because she wants to vacate and uh, uh, dislocate all the islanders and tourists and buy the island entirely for herself. Now, a lofty goal, but apparently she's doing it, has been doing it for years, pieces uh, at the time, so uh, why not just go ahead and just finish it off, right, and you get it for, for cheap because the place is burnt down. Now, others say her properties weren't devastated because they were specially built with concrete and steel bunkers that she uses for alleged trafficking of drugs or humans or whatever. And many also demanded answers from her on whether or not she would spend money on rebuilding Maui, just like she did while buying all that land there. To further complicate things, Oprah's silence on the fires has added its own fuel to these controversies. Now, here are some of the tweets in this regard as far as uh, Oprah 
helping out with um, rebuilding Maui or having something to do with the fires on Maui. This first one comes from, uh, the, all these are coming from X, formerly known as Twitter. This one is from at Pooh Crazy, and he says, or she says, uh, Oprah silent amid Maui fires as desperate Hawaii residents beg celebrity billionaires with homes on the island for help. Uh, another one um, from Santa Surfing on X says that, uh, what is Oprah hiding on her ranch? They may have already burned down. Um, and then at Marliot from X says, so is Oprah going to open her wallet to help rebuild Maui and preserve as much as possible the same way she opened her wallet to buy all that land? And it just goes on and on. Um, there are other people who are saying a uh, Roche, uh, let's see, at La Roche, La Roche 1 says, tell us about Maui, Oprah, your ranch, the tunnels. What about small subs? I don't know anything about small submarines, but apparently Oprah may have some small subs around there. So uh, people who are living around Maui uh, are asking the question, hey, you opened up the wallet to, to buy all this land, and you've helped out with stuff in the past, so um, why aren't you helping out now? Why aren't you saying something? I haven't, as of the time that I'm recording this podcast, I have not heard hide nor hair from Oprah. She has not said anything yet. Now, the time that this thing airs may be different, but as of the day I'm recording this, Oprah is silent. And interestingly... Oprah has a private road on the island that only she can use. Now, however, she did open it up to the public in 2019 when there was a similar wildfire that took place, but that just wasn't as big and devastating and it didn't make the news, the headlines that this one is making. Now, earlier this year, Oprah documented her hikes in Maui with her longtime friend, Gail King, and she even took to social media to share with her follows that she needed extra land on the island for more hikes like this. How much fucking land do you need to hike, Oprah? You got a quarter of the island at least already. How much of it do you need to take a decent hike? And according to Newsweek, a 2006 issue of her magazine, O, also had a story that said she has many architects under her permanent employment who only devote their time to redesigning and repurposing her island properties. Now, that is very, very interesting to me. And this is not the first time Oprah's properties on the island have come under scrutiny. Howard Stern himself has accused Oprah of destroying the island's natural balance by trying to develop it into her own real estate opportunities. So even Howard Stern is saying, hey, Oprah, something's up here. You need to, you're screwing around. You need to stop. And apart from Oprah, there are other Hollywood celebrities and business tycoons that are said to have properties on the island. And these include people like uh, founder of Amazon, Jeff Bezos, uh, Clint Eastwood, and Owen Wilson, and Jim Carrey. They all have island or, uh, properties on the island of Maui. Now, I'll have to admit but they're, they're not um, 
they're not included in any conspiracy theories that I've seen. Of course, they just have property. They're not buying up huge chunks of the of the island like Oprah has been. So I'll have to admit that the Oprah Winfrey theory is a damn intriguing one. At the rate that she's buying up land, it certainly does seem like she's trying to turn Maui into her own private island. But then again, if you had the kind of disposable income that she does and you could buy up expensive pieces of a tropical paradise to turn it into your private oasis, wouldn't you at least be tempted to? Wouldn't you try? So far, no one's stopping her. Maybe it's not anything nefarious. Maybe she just wants to, maybe she just loves the place, just wants to buy up all the land. I don't know. One thing's for sure, though, she better take some of that disposable income and help the residents because if she doesn't, it'll most likely go a long way in making it look like the conspiracy theorists are right about her. So those are the three major claims about what's caused the fire in Maui. So what we have here is a lack of basic understanding among these conspiracy theorists. So once confined to fringe circles, conspiracy theories about defensive energy weapons and space lasers and stuff like that have picked up steam online since the California wildfires of the 2010s. It works on the lack of basic understanding that conspiracy theorists have of how fire and wind work. The theory is especially adaptable to social media because it fits with pictures taken of fires that show beams of light supposedly coming from space. However, these images cannot possibly show a high-energy laser fired from the sky. And here's why. First off, Modern high-energy lasers used for weapons operate at a wavelength uh, in the infrared that cannot be seen with the naked eye, which we've already discussed. And second, to produce the effects that are seen on the ground would require an incredibly high-powered laser that could not be flown in the air or operated in space at this point in time. Now, it's easy to use those pictures as quote-unquote proof of what they in quotes again, are doing to us to further their climate change agenda or their societal control. And people who are desperate for answers would rather believe in space weapons than the reality of the climate crisis. As of the recording of this episode, the exact cause of the fire remains unknown, but what we do know is that extremely dry conditions compounded by extremely high winds most definitely added to the severity of the situation. Look, the same thing happened to Gatlinburg, Tennessee on November the 28th, 2016. Nobody claimed that a directed energy beam weapon caused that fire. You know why? Because it didn't. But guess what? The Gatlinburg fire was almost the exact same type of fire that happened in Maui. Extraordinarily dry conditions combined with a windstorm with hurricane-like force and a problematic fire in a hard-to-reach spot at the Chimney Tops trail on the Wednesday prior to the fire starting out created hell on one of the prettiest places on God's green earth. The unholy concoction of conditions created a perfect storm for a fire. 
It was a screaming monster of flame and heat and terror, and it moved really swiftly, and it moved really unpredictably, just like the fires in Maui. That's why you have some houses that were okay and some houses that were burned to the ground. Why? Nature. I can't answer that question as why some places were spared and some were devastated. Same thing happens with tornadoes. Tornadoes, if you notice, some houses are just turned into matchsticks, into toothpicks. House beside it, that's in the same path. Perfectly fine. Why? We don't know the exact answer to that. And as far as I know, we can't pinpoint exactly why some houses are okay when it comes to wildfires like this. And some people are just, some houses are just totally just ash like what they are in Maui. This wildfire that I'm talking about um, in Gatlinburg caught local and federal park officials unprepared, just like the fire in, in Maui. The fire claimed the lives of only 14 people, but it injured an estimated 190 people and caused millions in damages and devastation. And it affected uh, somewhere around 2,400 buildings. It was one of the largest natural disasters in the state of Tennessee's history. Now, there's a video that was filmed by a man named Michael Lucano of him and another man named Anthony Fulton uh, about their desperate escape from a chalet village there in Gatlinburg. It's a white-knuckle type video, white-knuckle stuff like something out of a Hollywood disaster movie. It's 14 minutes long, and it shows both sides of the road enveloped in this glowing yellow, orange, red, burning flame, and there's embers and ash that are filling the air, and there's trees that have been on fire that have fallen down, and these two guys are basically feeling like they're trapped. And along the way, as they're trying to get out, they pass countless cabins and chalets that are fully engulfed, and they're just burning like kindling. And simply watching this video is harrowing, and I can't imagine living through it. And it was the windstorm that proved to be the driving force behind this disaster. Communication problems complicated the issue for local officials who were admittedly ill-prepared for this level of hell that was approaching. So does all this sound a little familiar? Well, it should because it's almost the exact same thing that happened in Maui. Fires can be unpredictable, and they can move extremely quickly when fueled by dry terrain and high winds. Plus, those things can also make a fire extremely hot. When you look at videos of the Maui fire and the flames appear to be red-orange, 100 feet high, and moving rapidly, you're looking at an almost mirror image of the Gatlinburg fire from 2016. So just do a Google search for the videos, and you'll see the resemblance. There's no directed energy space weapon. There's no space laser that caused that. It was just a devastating fire given the perfect fuel and weather conditions. And those were the exact same conditions that existed in Maui on August the 8th. High winds from passing hurricane. 
extremely dry conditions. You had a lot of the natural water pathways that made Maui extremely lush and wet that were diverted to sugarcane fields decades and decades ago. But that didn't help this any. You know, it didn't, it, it didn't, how can I say it? It certainly didn't, it didn't cause what happened, but it, but it certainly did go a long way in helping it. So you have these conditions, and all it took was one spark from something. We don't know what yet. Could have been a power line. Well, they're suing, you know, Hawaii Electric. Good luck in proving that Hawaii Electric started it at, at, at this point. It could have been a campfire. Hell, it could have been a spark from somebody welding or something. Maybe somebody uh, threw a cigarette down. Hell, it could have been deliberate. You, you don't know at this point. But what we do know is that the exact same scenario caused the exact same devastating fire in Gatlinburg, Tennessee in 2016. But you didn't hear anybody saying then there was a directed energy weapon that caused that. So what's same circumstances, what's the difference? There is none. So in conclusion here, scientific research has established that human activities like deforestation, urbanization, and climate change contribute to the severity and frequency of natural disasters like hurricanes, floods, and wildfires. Despite the evidence, though, some people struggle to accept the role that humans play in exacerbating these catastrophic events. Recognizing our impact on natural disasters is vital for implementing effective mitigation and adaptation strategies. I think that it's safe to say that no directed energy weapon or space laser caused the Maui fire. The so-called evidence of that is nothing more than recirculated, misrepresented pictures of unrelated non-fire, non, non, non-Maui fire events that took place nowhere near the island of Maui and certainly was not in 2023. They were in 2018. I will say that the possibility that Oprah Winfrey having something to do with the fire makes way more sense to me than a defensive energy weapon. It's more plausible, too. However, there's no real evidence of that being true either. But remember my criteria for judging is this is a conspiracy theory theory valid or not? You got to look at possibility and probability. So is there a possible explanation behind Oprah being behind this? Is it possible that Oprah had something to do with it? Absolutely, it is possible. Is it probable, though? There is a little bit of probability to that, given the, the things that she said about she needs more land to do hikes and the rate at what she's been buying up the island property for years and years and the fact that she hasn't even, as of right now, said anything about, hey, let me help you people, it does show a lot of suspect. It does put a lot of suspicion onto her. And out of everything that I've talked about tonight, I think that is the conspiracy theory that has the most behind it. It's certainly not a defensive energy weapon, and it's certainly not because there's a 15-minute, there's a plan to make Lahaina into a 15-minute city. Now, I will also have to admit the fact that the warning sirens 
didn't sound look suspicious as well. That's a topic I didn't even touch on tonight's episode. However, even though it looks suspicious, it's not at all uncommon for that type of equipment to not work. I spent a large portion of my professional career in emergency management and response. And trust me when I tell you that that siren equipment like that, it's rather old technology and it commonly malfunctions. And that's just one of the reasons why it's supposed to be tested on a regular basis. And one thing I'm very interested to know, though, is when was the last time that equipment was tested and how did it perform? Now, the head of the emergency management office in Hawaii said that he did not sound that siren, that warning siren, on purpose because he was afraid that if he did, people would run to the hills because those are usually reserved for tsunamis, even though it says in their emergency management plan that it can be used for wildfires. But normally they're used for tsunamis, and what do you do when there's a tsunami? You get to high ground. He was scared that that would drive people um, to higher ground and there would be more loss of human life, which I understand that, but I think that that's not going to hold a lot of water because when you get outside and you see there's a fire running to you, you know, uh, you're not going to run or want run towards the fire. At least most people don't. So I, I that doesn't hold a lot of water. Um, and I know that he has since resigned. Probably a good thing. Uh, he probably won't ever be getting a job in emergency management ever again. At least he shouldn't. But like I said, I, I would be interested to know when was the last time they tested their sirens and uh, how did it perform. The conspiracies about the Maui wildfires have been shared on all social media platforms, but they found their largest audience on X where they've been viewed millions of times and even promoted in search results, despite the company's claims that it's rid the platform of almost all disinformation. But conspiracy theories around the Maui wildfires have spread unchecked on X and where among the top results returned when I search for terms like Maui, and wildfires. You just get all kinds of conspiracy theories. But the real problem, of course, is that the people spreading all of this junk information have that blue check mark next to their X handle, or even on their TikTok, or even on their Instagram account. Just because someone is verified on social media doesn't mean that the information they pass around can be seen as reliable. Twitter introduced the, or X, should I say, introduced the verification program all the way back in 2009 after being sued by baseball legend Tony LaRussa over an impersonation account. But the social media company stopped verifying IDs after Elon Musk bought the platform in October of 2022. So right now, anyone with $8 a month to spend can become verified and get boosted by the Twitter algorithm. Other quote-unquote verified accounts on X have tried to suggest there's something nefarious going on in Hawaii because there are a number of military bases in the state. The National Guard has been mobilized to fight the fire, but there's absolutely no evidence that Hawaii's long history of being a land with a huge U.S. military presence has anything to do with the fires at all. We've had a huge military presence there since before World War II and even more so after, so that has nothing to do with it. That's like nothing new. X used to be a relatively reliable source of on-the-ground information during natural disasters and various crises, but it's become increasingly 
increasingly unreliable after Musk took control. And aside from making it possible for anyone to buy a blue check mark for just a mere $8 a month, Musk has created incentives for users of the platform to create sensationalist lies with a new program that pays creators for engagement. And given all the other changes to X in recent months, including a decision to reinstate an account that shared child sex abuse uh, imagine imagery and uh, defending that move in a government hearing, X is becoming quite a wasteland for valuable information. And that doesn't seem like it's going to get better anytime soon. There will be no come-to-Jesus moment on climate change or severe weather. There'll just be more people claiming Oprah or Biden used a direct energy weapon. And that's our future. And that about does it for this episode of Parareality. Thank you for listening. I hope that I helped clear up some questions about the conspiracy theories that are floating around out there. And before I start getting a bunch of people who are like, I thought you were conspiracy theorists, and you're not, this is not conspiracy. Okay, I am a conspiracy theorist. However, I am a responsible conspiracy theorist. I want people to understand that things that they say, there's, uh, I want conspiracy theorists in particular to understand that things that we say and things that we promote sometimes can have negative consequences. Everything has a consequence. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. Sometimes conspiracy theorists, whatever it is that they're promoting, whether it's Maui wildfire conspiracies or Sandy Hook or whatever, a lot of times the consequences from that are negative. And we don't need that in our circle. We need to be responsible as conspiracy theorists. We need to get off of this bandwagon about making up conspiracy theories just to make up conspiracy theories, just so we can try to have our 15 minutes of fame because it's not worth it. If you're going to do a good conspiracy theory, it needs to make sense, which is why I have my possible plausible uh, rule, for lack of a better term. So what I'm saying is, go ahead and be a conspiracy theorist. Just be a responsible conspiracy theorist at least some of your stuff has to make sense. And what I'm seeing right now is not making sense whatsoever. The only thing that has the remotest chance of, of being true, in my opinion, is the fact that Oprah may or may not have had something to do with this because it certainly does look really suspicious for her. And I certainly hope that she uh, does something to help out this, the residents of Maui because she really, really needs to. And that's about all that I have to say on the subject for now. If you'd like to leave a comment about tonight's episode of Parareality, have an idea for a topic you'd like me to cover, or a story you'd like to tell, send me an email, sandman at parareality.com, or call the secret bunker at 615 692 1170 and leave me a message. 
Don't forget that by leaving me your message, you're giving me permission to play your comment back on the podcast. Also, don't forget to follow Parareality on social media. You can find the podcast on Facebook by looking for Sandman.Parareality, or you can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram under the username at Radio. You can also find Parareality on YouTube under the username Parareality1. That's Parareality with the number one out behind it. Parareality.com is the home of the podcast on the web, and it's also where you can find paranormal news from all around the world in the Paranews section. And you can listen to past episodes in the archive section, all for the price of absolutely nothing. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can buy yourself some swag in the official Parareality shop while you're there. You can also support the podcast for free by leaving me a three-star or better review on whatever podcast app you're listening on. Your reviews help the podcast to grow and reach even more people, and I would appreciate it very much. I'd love to hear from you guys, so send me those emails. Thank you. Well, I hope that you enjoyed tonight's episode of Parareality. The next episode will drop on September 15th at 8 o'clock p.m. Central U.S. time. And don't forget that as of the airing of this episode, which is on September the 1st, this weekend is also the Anomicon event hosted by Ryan Sprague from Somewhere in the Skies. It's going to be available on YouTube September 1st, which is today, and tomorrow, Saturday, September the second, if you're listening to this and you want to check it out, go to anomicon.com. It is a 100% free event, and Parareality is one of the sponsors for this year's inaugural Anomicon event. So make sure that you check it out if you haven't done so. I hope that this podcast opened up your mind to new ways of thinking, expands your consciousness, and produces a change in the way you see the world. If you wish to change, you must lift the veil of ignorance that has been cast over your eyes. Only then will you see the true power of the universe. I hope you have a wonderful evening, a great weekend, and I will see you again in a couple of weeks on September 15th. Good night, everybody. If you wish to change, you must first lift the veil of ignorance that has been cast over your eyes. Only then will you see the true power of the universe.